And I lost every match my freshman year. Every one. If you lose every match, isn't it like really demotivating to keep going out there? Well, it could be if you let it. So he put us in and I came out a half hour later, two pounds heavier. <laughs> the Marisola boys, when we were teaching them new moves, they couldn't get it. Oh, they'd get so mad. They would pound the mat. If you didn't necessarily make that claim, maybe, you know, dad would have never grown up to be as good as he was in Wynn State. And like maybe me, I would have never wrestled. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Clash of Combat podcast. Uh, today, we're joined with a very special guest. You can see we're, sh we're sharing a mic because uh, I forgot a mic, but I'm here joined with my grandpa, Mr. Mike Henschel. How's it going? Doing real good. Got the driveway all shoveled, so <laughs> we are right on top of things. <laughs> I did not shovel the driveway. I just got here. but uh, You should have yes. left 15 minutes earlier. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Anyways, <laughs> so... First up, you you have been known as a legend in the West Bend community in the wrestling in the wrestling world. Um, if you guys don't know Grandpa, um, you guys probably seen him a lot on my vlogs and stuff. Uh, being my coach, taking me to all practices um, and tournaments and stuff like that, and he basically is like the sole mat cleaner to make sure we never get any mat infection. So thank you, Grandpa, for that. You're welcome. <laughs> great for the opportunity to do that for sure. That worked out for Caden until he got to college. Yeah, yeah. Once I went to college, uh, man, I feel like they never cleaned the mats. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I kind of want to want to hear about your um, your time growing up at, at your day and age. Um, did, was did anyone wrestle before you? And what was life kind of like growing up? Oh, well, there was no wrestlers ahead of me. I was the one that broke the ground, and my wrestling started in oh last century, nineteen sixty three. <laughs> It was a eighth grade year. They had a gym class. They had a six-week course on basic wrestling moves. And then at the end, they had a little mini tournament, see how things went. And I drew Mark Swan, and I did a standing switch on him, planted his face right into the mat, blood everywhere. <laughs> I had to be nice and say, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. But inside, I said, damn, this is sweet. <laughs> Wait, how how old were you? Well, eighth grade. Oh, so. eighth grade. So, well, did it, like everyone in school just like had to do wrestling basically to learn? Yeah, well, I think so. Yeah, this was like gym class. Gym class, right? Holy crap! Yeah, because you you won't see like that. Like you'll have people playing basketball, but I feel like for uh, for a gym class, well, Pertel would do the wrestling Fridays. Well, and think about this too. This is a brand new school. There was like. Uh, there was freshmen and sophomore in there and seventh and eighth graders. And I think I was eighth grade at the time. And then every year they would drop a, a class off and then add a class until it was all high school level. Mm. But because it was a new school, there was no mat room, anything like that. When we wrestled, we had to go into the cafeteria, clean up all the tables and all the chairs, clear it all away, and throw these horsehair mats down. And then throw a canvas over the top of that, Jeez. and we wrestled on that. A horsehair mat? Yeah, they're four by eight in size, and they're about that thick. And, well, I was about 110 pounds at the time, and they were heavy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took easy six lightweights to lift one of the things. I'd <laughs> say so. But it was a lot of time-consuming stuff. So 
they really weren't prepared for mm-hmm. having that type of sport that yeah. early in the uh, the life of the of the school. Yeah. Do it's, you do you um, see any differences or similarities between you know wrestling now, like with people on the team at that age, uh, other than back in your day? Oh, there's huge difference. You know, there was no kid clubs that I was aware of. There was nothing. There was no videos. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was all word of mouth. I mean, this is like caveman technology. <laughs> yeah. So the moves are so much more advanced today, and kids pick it up a lot easier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's just no comparison. What was your go-to back in the day, go-to takedown? A go-to takedown. had to be the post over. Loved the post over. <laughs> well, everyone tied up. I mean, it was mm-hmm. you tie up, he ties up. Ninety percent of the time, the guy knows you know exactly what he's going to do. So why mm-hmm. not use that to your advantage? So I tie up, he reaches, I post, get behind him, and take him down. Did you start off really good, or was it like kind of like a slow grind to get better? Oh, oh. <laughs> it was a huge grind. I lost every match my freshman year. Every one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I'll take that back. I did win one. Carl Mauch, uh, state champion, or soon-to-be state champion, (laughs) couldn't make weight. (laughs) One of the happiest days of my life in wrestling. (laughs) Dang, that's awesome. Oh, he was was brutal, too. I mean, he just looked like he ate people for lunch. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. When when you – because there's, like, no videos, like, there's no, like, internet – Basically, it was like you'd be hearing these myths of these wrestlers on other teams of how good they are. Was that kind of how it was? No, it, it, you didn't even hear about it at all. There was, there's nothing. You never knew who you were going to wrestle. You didn't know what quality he was. Mm. was. There was nothing. Do you think you'd rather like see who you have to wrestle? Like how you, you can look up anybody you want to wrestle now? Or was it better just like seeing them like, oh, this is a guy I got to wrestle at weigh-ins? Well... I suppose there's, you know, at the time it worked out perfectly. I mean, you just adjust to it and now you adjust to it. There's more to adjust to now because you can either take it or leave it. Mm. You know, when there was nothing there, I mean, there was nothing. Right. There wasn't like, like how nowadays people are like switching their lineups for like to win a duel and stuff. Cause you don't even know who's on the other team back then. Right. Uh, wasn't that sophisticated mm. back then. How was uh, like weight management? Like did people still cut weight? Oh, yeah. I remember my freshman year, I hit, we, I had to make someone ridiculous late, like 103 or something like that. And coach put us in a sauna and a hot tub. He was going to melt the weight off. So he put us in, and I came out a half hour later, two pounds heavier. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> that made me thirsty. <laughs> so what, you were drinking the hot tub water? How'd you get heavy? Well, we'd jump out and go to the bubbler oh. and get something to drink. Oh, my gosh. These were getting dehydrated. Jeez. That's how sophisticated we were. We didn't know about anything Mm. like that. (laughs) Yeah. We damn near killed ourselves. What was, uh, like, the nutrition aspect? (laughs) There was none. Candy bars? Yeah. Don't ever eat a Hershey bar for your first meal after (laughs) weighing in. (laughs) Don't do it. That does not sound like a good idea. Um. But uh, let, let's say, let's say you're, you're going into your high school years now, um, and I, I kind of want to hear your thoughts of uh, take me through like your state tournament run. Well, uh, let me back up a little bit and okay. kind of give you a, a little basis. Like I said, my freshman year, 
zero wins. Sophomore year, I maybe won a quarter of my matches. My senior or junior year, I maybe won three quarters of my matches. And then at senior year, I won them all except for one. Uh, I had one, one loss during uh, duels, and I avenged that at the conference meet. So I came back and got them. So I went in the tournament with just one loss. Mm. And then um, what, what were you seated? Or did they even do seeds? They hadn't invented seating at that time. <laughs> no, it was just like a random draw. Wait, how, how would you qualify for state? Sectional or regional. Oh, the same thing? Yeah. Okay. That was in place. Of course, there was no divisions. There was all all one. Just one division. And it was at the field house? Yeah, the old field, the barn. Do you, do you think it was, a, I guess, a bigger deal to make it back in the day than it is now? Well, for me... It sure was a big deal. In my junior year, I missed going to state by one point. I lost in a wrestle back for second place, three to two. Mm. So I just, I just, uh, just missed it, and just ate at me too. I, I was really bummed out. So I worked hard next summer as much as I could with what I had, and uh, I came back the next year. And, we all had a team meeting when you start, and you all had to stand up and tell your goals. And I t- told everyone I wanted to be state champion. And they all laughed. They thought it was funny. And the coaches says, oh, come on, Mike, be serious about this. We want this to be accurate. I said, nope, I'm not backing down. State championship is why I'm here. So I just worked my tail off as hard as I could. There was no weight room at the school, and my coach had never coached wrestling before, nor did he ever wrestle before. <laughs> and my teammates, very few of them wrestled at all. They'd, they'd never placed in conference or anything. Man. So I didn't have much to work with. So what I had to do, I wrestled with every kid that was bigger than me that I could get my hands on. So I wrestled at 127, so I wrestled up to the 152-pounder so I could get a good workout in. Jeez. A bunch of like scrapyard dogs. Yeah. Well, you know, like, and the Perler says, you know, don't be the one that everyone wants to wrestle because you're so easy. Mm. Well, I was the guy that nobody wanted to wrestle because mm. I just I'd beat the hell out of you if I could. <laughs> yeah. And so I'd get you mad, so you'd fight back a little bit and fight harder. Mm. So that's the only way I knew to get better and better and better. That's crazy that, so your coach never wrestled before, and he's telling you, like, be realistic on your goals. Like, that's, how could a coach yeah, look at you and say what? that? <laughs> well, because no one in the history of school ever made a declaration like that. That's true. Wow. So you were, you were basically the one to break the mold. I feel, and I feel like, like, looking, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, you can only connect the dots looking backwards, not forwards. And it's like, if you didn't necessarily make that claim, you know, maybe, you know, dad would have never grown up to be as good as he was in Wynn State. And it's like me, maybe me, I would have never wrestled in something. So I maybe like standing for that. It's cool. You kind of like shaped almost basically, you can think back, like maybe that did play a huge role. Well, it probably did. Hmm. So, okay, you're going into the state tournament then. Can you walk me through that? Well, of course, this is new for the coaches too. They were oblivious to what was going on and on Thursday night we stayed at Coach Keeper's, Jim Keeper's aunt or something like that you know so we all 
had uh, sleeping bags and we slept on the floor. But we did have um, the brackets were up. We had the brackets and uh, who's this guy? This Dave Risky and this guy. We, you know, it's just interesting to see where they came from. So some from up north and some from over on the west side of the state. So mm-hmm. that was cool. And then we get there. Um, that went pretty normal. I got to the semis, and then lost one to nothing to the eventual state champ, one to nothing. Really bummed me out. That, that was uh, that was hard to take. I was lucky. I had a lot of support there. My uh, my soulmate was there, and she comforted me a little bit. Pam couldn't have done it without her. So she helped me through it. Then, right after I lost that, the coaches said, Mike, why don't you go get something to eat? So one coach took me back to the hotel. And so they had a little cafeteria at the hotel. So I had a nice, I remember it was meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and green beans. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, meanwhile... They called for me to wrestle. So the coach, because there's no cell phones, there's uh-huh. no way of communicating, got on the payphone, called the lobby of the hotel, and they sent a runner over to the restaurant and said, Mike, you're called to wrestle. So, it's like I, that guy was in a singlet just waiting? Yeah. <laughs> well, my coach, Jim Peacher, the creator, he says, you know, he said Mike's hurt. He's uh, getting taped up. So we raced back there. As soon as he saw me come in, he had a roll of tape and he quick just wrapped it around my shoe <laughs> on the outside. And he said, limp when you go to the mat. Oh. So, so I limped to the mat and then started wrestling. So there was no warm up. There was no thinking about it. There was no nothing. I just dumbfounded to walk out onto the mat. Well, I, I won the match. <laughs> How? I don't know, but... Sometimes that just happens. It's like you don't even need a warm-up. It's like you just feel the freshest after, like, you wake up from a nap or it's just, like, a random occurrence. That's crazy. You actually, like, we're just limping. Like, it, that seems like a made-up story. But that was- <laughs> it's the honest truth. <laughs> and then the, then the real bummer came when I had to wrestle back, uh, you know, to, for a third place. I lost that one. Uh, referee's decision in overtime. Back then, if it was tied at the end they would call in two more referees to watch the match. And they would watch the overtime. And I forget if it was a one-minute or two-minute or a full match. I, I f- just don't remember. But at the end of it, the three judges just picked it. You know, who this? And I lost three to two in the picking, or three to one, or two to one. Two guys voted for the other guy, and one guy voted for me. So it was a split decision. Wow. Like kind of like a UFC type deal. Yeah. They would only watch the overtime. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. That. that would make wrestling, I feel like, so cool. Like yeah. now, if it was like a thing, like it'd be like for judge's decision. So many people get upset about that nowadays, though. Yeah, true. I don't even know if that Well, I guess they probably were then, too. But yeah. changed. Well, no one's happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Man. Well, then... You know, after after your high school days, you you did chose choose to wrestle in college. What was that process like for you? Well, it was kind of interesting. Um, I had gotten a letter from West Point. They said, "Why don't you apply to West Point, and we'd love to have you on our cross country team." Mm. When I was in high school, I went to state in every sport 
that I participated in. I went to state two times in cross country, finished 12th, 13th. Went to state in the track in the mile, took fifth my junior what year. What were your times? 4:35 was my best time at state in the mile. What? That that would that's like twice as fast as cross. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. Well, I ran. Yeah. Yeah. What did you do? Walk. <laughs> Try. Probably looked like it. <laughs> so, but they, I was a good runner too. So I applied for West Point and I actually was accepted, except I was a fifth alternate. Mm. That meant there was a first choice and then there were, I was fifth in line. Well, meanwhile, Coach George Martin contacted me from Wisconsin and he offered me a half scholarship if I would come to wrestle at Wisconsin. So I hadn't heard anything from West Point, never figured that I would. So I accepted the offer and signed the commitment papers to go to Wisconsin. Well, about end of June, maybe the 1st of July, I get a letter from West Point saying that I was accepted at West Point and I need to be on an airplane out of Mitchell Field at this certain time so I could arrive ahead of schedule there to prepare for basic training. Wow. So I had to turn it down because I already committed to Wisconsin. Ah. So you, you couldn't like decommit at the time? Well, I didn't think it was honorable. Uh, okay. how, do you, how do you get out of that if like you're signed up for basic training and you just... Well, I was appointed. Okay. You know, four guys ahead of me turned it down. Oh, okay. Well, that see makes sense. That so it's not as if we chose you and you're on the way. Right. Mm. Look, looking back, do you maybe regret not going? No, I think everything worked out. Mm-hmm. And I was in love mm. and Pam was close by. So it was nice being close to her. She went to nursing school in Milwaukee. So, oh, you knew all about it. Long distance relationship. Sure. sure. Medium distance. Yeah. 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 No, that's interesting. And then I remember you telling us a story when you were at Madison. So the the lineup wasn't full or something? And Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a double duel at Iowa. And uh, Who was the coach of Iowa at the time? I don't yeah. remember. I don't remember. It wouldn't have been, you know, this is the JV thing. Mm. It's not varsity, so it would have been some assistant coach at okay. the time. Yeah, I was, uh, and I was the second man. I had a guy ahead of me, Larry Gorris, who also was in the same weight class and lost to the guy, won the nothing two for second place. He was also on my team. So he was wrestling, and I was going to wrestle the next match. So we were both supposed to have uh, forfeits at 167. Well, Iowa, you know, those sneaky guys, mm. they, they put a guy out there. <laughs> well, coach looked down the line and he said, Henschel, you're up. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm slowly taking off my warm-up and I'm looking over there. And this guy is built. I mean, I tell you, he had bulging biceps. He was cut. Oh, so man. he's looking like me or? <laughs> <laughs> maybe like Crosby. Yeah. Bigger, Come on. Big forehead, maybe. <laughs> so 
I didn't have time to think about it. I didn't have time to warm up. I just slowly thought, there's two ways to go here, Mike. I can make this last and run as long as I can, or I can just go out and just do my best stuff. Well, the coach inspired me. He came up to me, looked me in the eyes. He said, don't get pinned. <laughs> <laughs> the most well, inspiring well, words. <laughs> Uh, with that, with that motivation, what could I do? I, I'm doing my best stuff. <laughs> so I went out, slapped that guy in the side of the head, got him to reach for me. Boom! Hit that post, post over, over. <laughs> ripped him down to the mat, and started to grab his inside leg. And I said to myself, "This guy doesn't know how to wrestle." <laughs> I mean, he, he's strong, but he's just flopping around. He has no balance or anything like that. So. I messed around with him, you know, and finally I got him on his back and pinned him. No way. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what weight were you? 130. 130. <laughs> 130 seven a, pounds. A starving 130. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, that was uh, that was the highlight of my wrestling career. <laughs> Did you ever have a coach that like gave you some positive encouragement? <laughs> Not really. Jeez. Well, wow. I'll tell you. In high school, if you lost the match, you had to wrestle everybody on the team up and down the ladder. We called it. That was your punishment for losing. What? <gasps> like they would just like circle, like you, they'd take you down. And the next guy would come in, or what? Yeah, you'd have to <laughs> wrestle everybody. For us lightweights, I really sucked. <laughs> I would <laughs> say to so. wrestle the 80, 90, uh, 200 pounders. Yeah, and they try as hard as they can. I. Uh, Probably not, but mm. it was still an arduous event. Yeah. Uh, what if like everybody on the team lost? You guys would just take turns. Just well, we never had that happen. <laughs> I'm sure it would be brutal. <laughs> <laughs> during uh, during this time, do you remember like the wrestling shoes you wore? Because <laughs> now, like looking back, those shoes are probably if you kept them in the box, that was probably a, one of the best investments. Yeah. Uh, no, there was no such thing on gear like that. Really. What did you wear? Do you remember? Just off-branded, just... Whatever the school had for us. Wow. Oh, it was like that? Like the school would give you everything? Yeah. Even yeah. in college, it was in, there was no like Asics wrestling or... No. Really? No Adidas wrestling? Nope. Whatever the school provided. Man. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, well, even... Uh, college was tough because uh, there was none of the support stuff that... You guys have now, you know, dietitian, nutrition, the, you know, guidance counselors, emotional support, or anything like that. There was no social media, of course, so you had no way of connecting with your team. I would go to wrestling practice in the afternoon, and when we were done at night, I'd have to walk all the way back to the dorm. And a lot of times, the uh, food service would have been closed up, so I had to go no supper. So. No. There was no quick trips. <laughs> oh, there's no cars. Yeah. No nothing. Oh my gosh. Well, I got so if I knew it was going to be late practice, we got punished for some reason and had to do works inside the inside the track. I'd have to go to Mickey's Dairy Bar across the street from Camp Randall and have a meal there. Dang. Were you were you working like a job during this? No. During this time? No. no. I was in the dorm. Did you do any like ever do anything for like? Just like mindset training, or like just just getting yourself in like the mindset of like, well, no, like building it was, confidence. It was when you think about mindset, 
which I really enjoy doing with the kids now, it's it's really um, basic stuff that you just are explained a lot better. So when I did it, yeah, I had to talk myself up. I remember in uh, uh, high school, maybe junior, senior year, Bobby Mayer, our 165-pounder, and I, we would go into the restroom and get in front of the mirrors, take our straps down and flex to each other and say, oh, man, Bobby, you're really looking strong. You're going to kill this guy. And he'd say, oh, Mike, that's the strongest I've ever seen you. I mean, you've been lifting all this week, huh? And I said, oh, I've been climbing the ropes as fast as I can, you know. So we kind of build each other. That was our pre-match, mm. you know, getting charged up. So we were kind of doing a mindset thing there in our own silly way. Yeah. That's, people still do that to Khan. Yeah. Shout out to Khan. Khan's always flexing. He's talking himself up, though. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he is. He's be like, wow, I'm big. He's our 125 <laughs> Man. So um, I guess not. now looking back, because now you know, you're know you a wrestling coach, do you enjoy being a wrestling coach more or as an athlete? Well, there's a time and a place for everything. Mm. You know, Obviously, I couldn't have coached then because I didn't know anything. and. I can't wrestle now because I don't have the physical attributes anymore. <laughs> but it, it was really exciting when everything came together when Bryce was uh, were, uh, joined the Wildcats and then Dad, mm-hmm. um, when he came on board as a coach and he got me involved with the Perler wrestling system and I'm I'm at home studying that because I'm retired, so I got plenty of time. So I studied that Perler wrestling system, and I really fell in love with it. And we use that all the year on all mm-hmm. all of my grandkids, of course, and you and mm-hmm. Bryce and Carter. Do you think looking back, if you did have like that Perler wrestling system, like how better could you have gotten? Oh, unbelievable, yeah. That would have been a huge game changer, huge. Mm-hmm. And you use that from youth, you use that through high school, like when you were coaching in high school too? Yeah. What uh, have you found to be like the, the biggest traits or the most important traits that make uh, a successful wrestler? Well, certainly determination. I mean, you've got to really want to work through adversity. I mean, you're going to have ad- adversity in practice where the moves don't come easy. I remember the Marisola boys, when we were teaching them new moves, they couldn't get it. Oh, they'd get so mad, they would pound the mat. And, <laughs> and we'd have to just coax them through the move, you know, a little bit at a time. And But they, you know, they fought through it, and they were so tenacious that they wanted to learn the move that they finally got it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying with all them, but a lot of kids will just accept sloppy you know, they'll just do it sloppy and be content with that. And, you know, a coach can only do so much. You say, you know, you really should lower your levels before you attack. And, you know, they'll stand up and thrash in and be happy with it. And you, and you coax them again and they won't do it after a while. You know, it's fruitless. Mm. They won't meet you halfway. Wow. Yeah. That's that's a really good point. And I, I do want to touch base with that. Were you basically the Mirasola's first wrestling coach? Oh, I don't know. It, it's possible, mm-hmm. but, you know, I don't know their history, but I'm willing to bet the Wildcat experience probably was the first. Because mm-hmm. uh, So if you guys don't know, like Cole and Connor, I remember they'd um, – how did that process go? Did uh, John ask for you to come in and teach him before practice? 
or no, I, I don't remember that. Like even before Wildcats? Yeah, I, no. Well, I, I, it was like during Wildcat time, but then they would always ask. Uh, I, I believe because I always saw you coaching them and teaching them these things. So, well, I um, may have, but I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or it could have been Dad. Did it sure, too. sure, okay. I remember going in before Wildcats and just like running around doing stupid stuff for yeah. like thirty minutes before practice <laughs> would start. <laughs> that is true. Did well, you- it was just the. Formative shape of battle ball. Yeah. You know, you know run around, ricochet off the walls, <laughs> yeah, and then they added a ball later, and it's the same thing. Literally. Yeah, that's true. How, how have you used, um, I guess, the things you've learned in wrestling throughout your life in situations? Like, can, can you, like, look at, back on a situation in your life that was tough and being like, you know, if, if it wasn't for wrestling, like, I, I don't know if I could have got through that or learned how to accomplish? Well, certainly... There's all kinds of adversity in life. Heck, I've been fired three times, you know, and that's like losing big time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you, okay, well, I got to correct the mistakes and move on and try harder. You know, it's those things, wrestling is so much like adult life, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't um, work through the adversities, um, you're really not going to be successful either way. I mean, and you've got to be willing to learn. I mean, you've got to learn from your mistakes. That's how we did it in high school. I get pinned by the chest crusher and we'd have to figure out how the chest crusher the chest crusher worked mm-hmm. so we could avoid getting chest crushed the next time. So, right. I mean, it was just a, you work through your mistakes and try not to commit the mistakes again. Mm. I got kind of a random question for you, but were you a leg rider? When you wrestled, uh, they hadn't invented leg riding. <laughs> <laughs> because when you show your leg riding in the high school practices, I always was hoping I was never the one you were showing it on. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> well, again, going back to the Perler um, experience, uh, when you watch his video, he says that leg riding is a shortcut to a state championship. Mm. so and I just took that to heart and he showed us the short leg technique and I kind of fell in love with it and then I one year I I don't know uh, Caden I think you were old enough then I don't think Carter was I put on a summer clinic Mm. and and showed leg riding for I don't know four weeks I remember down in in the west mat room I I might have had what what was there maybe 10 15 kids something like that and I taught, and it was hard for me to demonstrate because I'm wrestling with kids that are 60 and 70 pounds. And <laughs> yeah. It's a little, a little hard to put the legs in. Sure. <laughs> hold up, hold up. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely remember there was a long process. And I mean, well, yeah. I had to teach Bryce how to do it so Bryce could show the other guys how ah, to do it. That makes sense. Remember, and then Bryce was learning by doing it on you yep. in the living room. <laughs> yeah, that's no, it's it's pretty painful the way we did it. So. <laughs> well, that's overcoming it. So, you know, we didn't we didn't have weights in the weight room, so we we made our own weights. You always improvised, mm-hmm. and adapted, you know, and, mm-hmm. and used what you had. Yeah. Well, no, because I remember, you know, always growing up when we would do like pull ups, of course, regular pull ups won't be enough. So we'd wear, you'd put us in a backpack that has like, uh, you know, sand or some weights and then, you know, jugs with the sand and stuff. And we use that. So I still use my uh, 
gallon laundry jugs filled with sand. I use them now every day. <laughs> so you, like, every. yeah, if you guys do not know, so my grandpa, he just turned 75. So that, and you're still working out every single day. Yeah. That's crazy. And two hours. Two hours every day. And when every like Thanksgiving, we have this pull-up contest. And how many pull, do you remember how many pull-ups you got last? Well, remember most of my pull-ups I do now, I have those. Uh, bands. Bands sure. to, to help me. But I think I got five unassi- yeah. unassisted. That's pretty crazy. That's especially, yeah, if you think about it. If, well, I got a messed up shoulder too. Then, mm-hmm. So that's been worked out. Well, and so. your bicep too, because didn't you? I have a torn bicep. Torn bicep. Yeah. Jeez. Holy crap. So I only got one bicep on this side yeah. instead of two. Well, and, and I want to bring up this circumstance because uh, <laughs> this is just, I think everyone in the room at this time still thinks it's its probably the coolest things in the in the East Wrestling Room. It's when you were showing leg riding on our heavyweight, Jake LeVanway, and you're, you know, you're how old, maybe 70, 69 or something. And you're like, you're just killing him. Like I'm leg riding or heavyweight. And I'm like, how can he do this? Like his, how are his hips intact? Well, they're rebuilt. They got the two artificial hips. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Bigger and better, I guess. Ay, ay, ay. No, it was always so painful. Your shins, your shins would like drive into yeah. the- when you put like the shin on the um the back, yeah, yeah that yeah. technique. I was actually using it. See, practice it was the figure the figure four, I think, right when they're on their stomach. No, a grapevine. The grape, grape, grapevine. Is that what it was? Uh, a grapevine. Hell, I was watching Spencer Lee just the other night. He was doing the same thing. Mm, yep. I get for some reason I can't get the guys to not kneel on the mat instead of kneeling on your opponent. Why give them that advantage? Yeah, that still bothers me. Well. I think it goes back to when you were saying like how guys are just like lazy, like they're fine with doing it a little bit sloppier, but it's crazy how much you, if you actually do the, uh, the right technique, like it's going to work. Yeah. No so. doubt about it. So did you, you started coaching with the three boys or did you coach Brent? A little bit. A little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I worked with him as best I could until he was five years old and then I turned him loose into the Waukesha Kids Club. Coach Ken Heine was there. He was a, a teammate of mine at Wisconsin. So he had this mm. club. I remember uh, Brent went out there. They had to wrestle up and down the ladder. So the two smallest would wrestle, and then the winner would go to the next one, and the winner would go to the next one. Brent would go through 20 guys before he finally got beat. <laughs> and he was pure mindset. He had no fear of making a mistake and no fear of mm. losing. He just went out there and tore you down. Jeez. Well, Not- I, I had this rule with Brent when we wrestled all through Kids Club. He could never, ever choose down or top. He could only choose neutral. Whether he was 10 points ahead, 10 points behind, or tied, he had to choose neutral. Mm. I wanted him to, be, to go to high school a master of the takedown. Ah, I figured the high school coaches, they can teach him how to get off the bottom. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know how to stand up. So as far as I'm concerned, if you could escape and you could take a guy down, that's all you really need. That's true. Now, I, I want to get your, um, your thoughts. So when, you know, when dad ended up winning state, what was going through your mind during that match? Pure panic. <laughs> Pure panic. You know, I had gotten so close, and I knew how bad it would feel to lose. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't wish that on my son mm. for any reason at all. I said, oh, 
don't want to go through that. <laughs> but he did take second one year, right? His freshman year? Freshman year. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But that was in Alabama. Alabama. Wow. Yeah, he had a... When we moved down there because of job related, I had a new job down there after one of my firings. So um, the coach, when we went to the team meeting... Coach said, no freshmen are allowed on varsity, so forget about it right now, any incoming freshmen. Well, I had to take the coach aside, and I said, you know, this kid's pretty good. And I took third at in Illinois in eighth grade at IKWF, Illinois Kids Wrestling Federation. Huge, come in third. And, uh, and he said, ah, no. I said, just give him a chance, just a fair chance. Let him win his position. Fight for it. Well, he won easily. And then his first match of his high school career was at a tournament in Birmingham, Alabama. And, of course, freshman with no record, he drew the returning state champ where it was his very first match. Well, he beat the kid 6-2, to two, took him down three times with a fireman's carry. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's, and he, the guy escaped, so it was 6-2, to two and... That was in his, his first, first high school match. That's crazy. Yeah, that'd be a that'd be a good a rude awakening to the, yeah. everyone well, in the area. All goes back to, I mean, he didn't probably ten thousand firemen carry before that time. That's a feat's the most important thing. I'd say so, and well, because you look at it in the east, uh, the east records. Dad held the position, Bryce held the position, and I did all from takedowns. So did your dad had the position for yeah. takedowns. Yeah, he did before, before Gundrum. No, for. Uh, was um, Forrest? Did he beat the record, or was it Gundrum? I think Gundrum broke? had it before Bryce. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah he helped. He I didn't it. know your dad had it. Yeah. The amount of firemen's carries in West Bend East history is <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. True. I think that's probably the the move of the team. <laughs> that is. Nuts. That's a good one. Oh yeah, I like that outside firemen's too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like you do the first one, get the regular firemen's, and then you fake that one and go outside for the second one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a go-to combination. Yeah, I've 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 been playing with that a little bit because basically, like, I I feel like I can never hit a fireman's right right now, but I think definitely with um getting the outside, I think I have a better shot. I used to love when you would do the if somebody would stuff the fireman's and you'd hit a Kelly. Mm-hmm. I always thought that looked good. That was a goaded one. Yeah, I was a Kelly man too. Really? Because I'd always. My shooting skills were limited, so I was always underneath. So <laughs> I learned to fight underneath. Yeah. What about, like, what's your favorite memory, on, like, just as a coach? Mm. Well, <laughs> well, when your son gets to be state champion, of course, I coach Caden. Mm-hmm. When that came to fruition with his state championship, that also, those are the good moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nice, too, when you... Anytime you teach a teach a kid a new move and then he uses it the next match. Uh, I remember that I had this real dangerous move uh, where you would dive underneath the guy and roll over. Sure. Uh, I do remember that, actually. It was a low single and then you'd throw it over the top, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, one of the kids, the bigger kids, uh, used it in the next match. And oh, nice. Scored it nice. That was nice. When you actually see it work when somebody mm-hmm. does it. Yeah. That's true. I, I, yeah, I guess I can't wait for that opportunity to be like a coach and just seeing like your wrestling still playing out, like the knowledge that you can give like to other people playing yeah. out. 
It's interesting. But it's hard. You got to have patience <laughs> because why can't they see this? <laughs> you know, why can't <laughs> they see so how true. this is done? You do it over and over again, and they look around. They're the next guy. How's he doing it? How's he doing it? <laughs> That's true. And I think that was one thing that really helped me is I could see a move done, and I could kind of get it right away. I could mm. see how he's taking that arm away, so you want to push where the arm isn't, and it all came together quickly for me. Yeah. And some guys, they just uh, they can't see the logic of it and how the move works, and it's, well, they just the technique is so poor. And it's frustrating because they won't change. Yeah. That's like the one thing I'm nervous about if I ever were to coach is if I feel like I'd be such a bad youth coach uh, because I like can't, when I like am doing a move trying to explain it, like I know what I'm doing, but the words won't come out of my mouth. Sure. So like I feel like I can only explain it to like a guy that can already understand wrestling mm. versus like the people that are like yeah. brand new. That's No, that's fair. Well, again... Going back to the Perler system, the way he does it, when you go through by the numbers, one hand here, two hand here, three hand here, and you take it through the numbers over and over again until they get it. Mm -hmm. And then when they get it, then you can turn them loose to let them do it on their own. True. That makes it like impossible to mess up because like if you miss a step, it's like you don't do it. Yeah. I, I want to bring up this situation because it's really, I guess, prominent right now. So we saw when AJ Ferrari, um, after his most recent match, he uh, he lost because he looks like he tried slapping the guy and flipping him off. But then he loses, turns to the crowd, hits the splits, and flips <laughs> off the crowd. What were your instant thoughts when you heard of this situation? <laughs> uh, didn't have a very good opinion of the young man. <laughs> what, what would you do if dad would have done that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, one event that did happen with your dad, he was, senior year, he was flunking a math course, and I found out, I was working second shift, and found out he was uh, flunking math, and I said, uh, if you don't get that grade up, I won't let you wrestle. And he was undefeated. Mm. And I, you know, he kind of conned me, and he said, no, I, can, I don't have to get a passing grade in that class. I got enough credit. And I said, that's not the principle. I said, you will not fail. Nobody fails in the Henschel family. Mm. You will do whatever you have to. You go talk to your teacher, you ask her for some help, or you find somebody that can help you. You find a way to get a passing grade. Huh. Then you can wrestle. And did he end up passing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After that. Hmm. So, yeah, we were. I'm pretty strict about that. I, I think... At the end of a match, it's a humbling experience for one person who doesn't win. Mm -hmm. And for the other person, you know, it's a chance that all the hard work that he put in culminates in that win. And to me, that, that match is a test of all the training and hard work you put in for both people, you know. And... To lose, I, sometimes I think is better than to win because sometimes when you win, you don't really learn anything from the experience. But if you lose, you know what you have to work on, whether it's your conditioning, your strength, your technique, or whatever the situation is, so you get an opportunity to learn. Mm. So there's a lot of upsides from, <clears throat> excuse me, from losing, and of course winning. You should be done gracefully because that other guy, he, he's got 
moms and dads and mm. friends and stuff like that. You should always respect them. Okay. So <clears throat> talking about losing, like how did you deal with losses? Like how did you continue to wrestle after your freshman year of high school? If you lose every match, isn't it like really demotivating to keep going out there? Well, it could be if you let it. And to me, it was always a learning opportunity. You know, I, I made a mistake, you know, and, a, and I said, boy, that was a dumb mistake. I got to not do that anymore. So it was always a learning experience. Mm. You know, we, we all kind of knew we were going to lose. It's how bad and how much you were going to learn from it. Wow, makes sense. I like that. I want to get into these questions. Yeah, we got four questions. Oh, four, boy. four questions for some fans. And we have no idea right. what they say. So. Yeah. Hey, so um, it's me, Rudy Bowling. Uh, still working towards that UFC belt. Working every day, harder every day. So uh, I'm going to just come up with this one question that I feel like affects tons of people, no matter if you're junior high, high school, college, even Olympic level. Uh, how do you stay motivated? And what would your number one answer be to that? Because um, if you look if you look at how most high school team works, it's very competitive. No one works together. Everybody wants to fight against each other from my personal experiences. But when you get to that college level, people push you. You push yourself. People... People, your people are okay with being around you, and uh, it's usually just a common argument. Like, how do you stay motivated? Well, it's all up to you. If it, if it's in your own, if it's in your capacity, well, how how do you make that happen? How do you let yourself? How do you tell yourself that you are better than what people think you are? How do you how do you keep the motivation going at all times? That's this it. made no sense. It's probably Crosby's fault. <laughs> but uh, thank you. Dude, that's a good question. What do you think? My shoe size is 13, and I uh, want those uh, combat shoes. Thank you. Goodbye. So you're a big guy, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's an excellent question. You have to have, well, I'll use the term mindset, a mindset of continuous improvement. So it's not about you winning and losing so much as you personally getting a little bit better. Closing gaps, you know, and so inside you have to say, I'm going to get a little bit better. And you may take a beating in the practice room as a way to get to learn more, or it may be a beating in a competition that really makes you want to get better. But it's that continuous improvement process that you have to have in your mind. Everything can be a positive way of getting a little bit better. Mm. that's truly the way you can go through having defeats or bad practices and you have a bad practice. Why? Well, I didn't eat right. Well, I didn't get sleep right. Well, you got to be smarter. So it's just a continuous improvement process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think one thing from me is I think from it's strictly a motivation. Like I see discipline as like discipline. You do it even when you don't want to do it. But if it's, if it's like to really motivate you, I think what I think back on, at least what worked for me in high school, especially was like 
thinking of an actual payoff. Like what, what's the payoff of doing this? And for me, that was like a picture. I wanted to, like, you know, my picture, like in the gym, I thought that'd be like the coolest thing ever because you know, my dad did it before me. So I think if you can like in the, when those practices are tougher, when you're losing, you can always think like I'm doing this for a reason. And especially if it's like, you know, a physical kind of payoff, like even for now, like in college, I'm like, how cool would it be you know, like these aren't like my signature ones, but we, you know, we got the Clash of Combat shoes. These are just samples, but how cool it would be to, you know, win a match or win a national title in your own shoe. Like for, for me, that's like what I'm thinking about. That's like, wow, like that's, that'd be so motivating to me. So there's one thing that I've noticed about <clears throat> a lot of these questions that have been calling in is like, I almost feel like we've never, how lucky we've been to never be on a team where it's like, Everybody hates each other. Yeah. And I've been noticing with tons of these call-ins, people are, like, saying how their teams are, like, fighting each other within, like, you know. Like, yeah. No, I, I, We've never experienced that, and I feel like that's weird, but that's just something I've noticed on a lot of these calls. No, that's true. I, th- I think I think there is definitely an issue because, like, every, yeah, like you said, yeah. like, there's so much beef going on within teams, so. And a it, lot of questions like that have popped up. Yeah. It's interesting. Any, any beef on your teams in college or high school at all? Mm. None that stand out. Yeah, it's weird. Mm. Hey guys, I'm Sahil, a wrestler from Missouri, uh, Rick, Illinois. But Caden, I noticed you've been doing a lot of collabs with Perler Wrestling, and I was wondering if you're ever going to come down and help coach at a camp or something there over the summer. It'd be cool to see you down there. And Crosby, you're overhated. <laughs> Carry the podcast, <laughs> and yeah, um, Illinois sucks. <laughs> Could be a lot worse. I thought he was going to say something with my hairline. <laughs> <laughs> he probably should have. Well, I'll tell you what. If I think if I go to Pearl, I'd want Grandpa to come. Would you want to be there and check out that whole complex? Oh, I didn't realize he had a complex. Yeah, I think they have like an MMA thing now too with jujitsu. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. Where like, are they based out of? Missouri, right? Right. Missouri. So. Yeah, I, th- I think it'd be, it'd be cool for sure. Definitely, maybe once once we got time, but summers get busy. Wow, so. I did not put that together that Perler is who you've been collabing with. Yeah, and that's who... Yeah, that's who the whole yeah. system was based yes, on. Yes, that's what the whole... That's crazy. Wait, that's the first time you... That, yeah, I did. Oh, wow, yeah. It's actually nuts. Yeah, it's it's crazy. You're a oh. Perler trainee too. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Even you. Yeah. Even you is Perler trained. <laughs> Literally. That's, that's crazy. Cool. All right, Crosby, so I'm looking on your Instagram, and in that one family picture, why are you the awkward guy standing to the side? Like, you're just not supposed to be there. Like, what's going on there? <laughs> That's his question? <laughs> it's just a family picture. <laughs> Dude, I got to see this picture. I don't know. Oh, that's I didn't awkward. mean to stand there awkwardly. I guess I just do that. That's fair. <laughs> Hi, my name is John from Illinois. Uh, Russell Folkstyle, and my question for you is, what is your opinion on the three-point takedown rule in college? What do you think, Grandpa? Love it. Really? You should be rewarded for takedowns. What, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. nah. Takedown, takedown, takedowns. It's, you should be rewarded for that. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's almost like it's decompressing the, the amount of how much a, an escape should be worth compared to a takedown. Like, now I feel like, like I'm majoring, guys. Yeah. It's usually like, it's hard, it was... Maybe I'm just, you know, I'm not, I'm not a Turner, but. Uh, You're actually top 10 in the NCAA in majors. Shut up. I swear to God. How I do just, you know? I just looked at, I was on a stat? stat yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Well, in D2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah, it, yeah. yeah. 
Wow, that's crazy. Do you think, yeah, do you think motivates you to get the first takedown, to get that three points? And then if you happen to be behind, there's motivation. If I just get these takedowns, I'm going to close the gap fast. Mm. So it gives you something to start with. And then if you have to, you can be a fast finisher with it and get some points easy too. Yeah. What do you think about adding a three-point takedown in high school? In high in high school, there's such a uh, disparity. You know, there's a lot of good kids, and there's a lot of you know just beginners, mm-hmm. and it, it would really be hard on beginners. You know, uh, you, right. it would be no hope for you very quickly in the match. Mm. So uh, I'm a little hesitant in high school, and in college. Everyone's more or less the same competition level. I mean, no big gaps. That's that's an interesting point. I never kind of thought about yeah. it like that. I just thought it would ultimately just be the same thing. But now I, I understand where that uh, mindset could come from, I guess. Well, that is actually a good point. Look if I would have turned the Henshaw boys loose with three points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there would be some pain. Real. Is that it with the questions? Yeah. That was, that was four, Ed. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Is there, is there anything else you'd like to talk about on the podcast, Grandpa? Any last words or encouragement? Well, do strength training as soon as you can. Um, I don't think there's any limit to how soon you can start. I know I got you guys all going mm-hmm. after school, grade school. You guys hated it. You piss, moan, complain. <laughs> What was the old saying? You'd come in the weight room after, like between practice and after school. You'd come and say, "Are we lifting or are we jaw jacking?" Yeah, jaw jacking. <laughs> <laughs> less, less talky, more reppy in the <laughs> wrestling room. Yeah. yeah. So do that strength training early on, it, even if it doesn't pay immediate results, it starts to form the discipline. That you're the extra hard work you're going to put in mm-hmm. to get your body in best possible condition. Yeah, no, I agree. That's I think that's been one thing that has ultimately played a crucial role. Like I'm the fact that I'm stronger than a lot of my opponents. Like how you know you always say it's like you have you have an option to be stronger than your opponents. It's basically up to you, right? So um, that's awesome. But um, no, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Yeah, it was thank really you. fun. Oh, it was really and, uh, fun. Enjoyed it. Yeah, maybe we could do something like this another time too. Yeah. But well, we're also back ordered on plaques, guys. So we don't have a current plaque, but you will be getting a plaque and we'll be updating the picture. <sighs> I don't but remember what. I don't, I don't even know what number is, but. It's like 29. Currently, let's say it's being cut right now. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> as we speak. As we speak. All right. Thanks guys for watching.